Finances can be complicated, but they don't have to be. I break down financial topics that may seem complex and overwhelming so you can start taking action on your financial goals. I'm Ari Talbleef, and it all starts here on Personal Finance Redefined. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Hope you've all been enjoying it so far. Today's episode is all about investing and more importantly the S&P 500 index which is something that you hear a lot about and I'll clarify not only what that is but whether you should be invested in that only that other things and really what makes most sense now of course without knowing all of your individual situations I can't provide specific guidance but what I can do is give you the information and the knowledge so that you do understand where you're at today what you think you might want to change and outline some different alternatives. And so really love the investment questions that I've been getting so far. Please, please continue to submit those on the website so I can help you all to the most uh, of my ability. And the reality is if you have a question, someone else probably has that same question. So this question today was just about, should I just invest in the S&P 500 index? So the short answer is no. But also, yes. So should you invest in the S&P 500 index? Yes. Should you just, should you only invest in the S&P 500 index? No. Well, first of all, let's understand what this S&P 500 is. The S&P 500 index, what that means is that it's an index tracking the 500 largest companies in the United States. But if that was your only allocation, if you're only invested in the 500 largest companies in the United States, what about everything else? There's the rest of the world that has growth that you're missing out on. And then not only the rest of the world, but remember when I said the S&P 500 is the 500 largest companies in the United States, we're not talking about mid-sized companies. We're not talking about small-sized companies. There's companies in between that have a ton of growth potential. And historically, the S&P 500 has grown 10% per year. That's pretty good historically. So that's on average. So in any given year, it could be 8%, it could be 12%. There's been a 10-year stretch where the S&P 500 has been negative on average. And then there's been a 10-year stretch where it's been positive, 20 30%. And so what we really take is that historical average to understand how it's performed. But when we look at small size companies, we find that the historical return is actually higher, around 12% per year. So what we don't want is a year where the 500 largest companies in the United States happen to perform really poorly, and all of a sudden you say, I want to go buy a home, or I want to go on a fun trip, or whatever it is that you want to do, you don't want those 500 large companies holding the weight of everything you're hoping to accomplish. That's why we diversify. We have small companies, not just to be able to capture the growth, although that's a large part of it, not just international companies, which is anywhere around the world, but what about emerging markets? What about countries that are like Brazil? What about countries that are really doing some um, innovative stuff but we don't naturally think of them as the typical international companies because there's levels to that so what about investing in bonds what about investing in real estate and i don't mean just going out and buying homes although that can be a great way to bring in cash flow total return but really what about the idea of investing in real estate everywhere and so when we're looking at investing the idea behind diversification The idea behind being invested in different places 
is not just to grow your money. It's to protect your money, and it's to protect your money in such a way that when something performs poorly, you have other investments that pick up the slack. So the S&P 500 index, it's done tremendously well. In the last decade, it has a total return, so cumulatively, of 267%. That's 13% on average per year. That's very good. But remember, we don't care about performance. We care about your goals. And so the question really is not should I be invested in the S&P 500 index, not what what return is the best that I can get. The return is just a means to an end. The question is what do you need to do and what do you want to do? So the, if what do you want to do? Let's say it's get a down purchase. Let's say it's make sure that you're able to send kids to college. Whatever that goal is, we want to find out what's the maximum amount of risk that we have to take because that risk is offset by returns. And so when we're looking at that risk to return ratio, we don't want to be taking on any additional risk that's not necessary. So why put ourselves in a position where our portfolio could fluctuate wildly, down 40% at any time, maybe up 40% if we don't even need to do so? Now, many people come to me and they say, Ari, I just, the S&P 500 index, I just want to be invested in the market. I hear that's the best thing to do. I say, that's great. There's tons of amazing companies in the S&P 500 index, Apple, Google, Facebook. We want to own those companies, but we don't want to just own those companies. And so that's where people get tripped up. The reality is when you're looking at investing, you want to understand the risk you're taking and you want to be very aware of why you're taking it because when you're investing if you're having trouble sleeping because the investments are fluctuating wildly then it's probably not best for you you might say you know what i understand investments are going to go up and down over time and i don't like to check my account but i know over time that investments do tend to grow not only grow, but when you look at your other options of staying in cash with rates so low, you say, my money's actually dying when it's not gr- when it's not growing, it's literally dying. Well, the fact that that's the truth doesn't give us many options other than to invest. And so one of the biggest questions I get is, Ari, what about inflation? And what inflation is, is it's just the price of costs of goods and services going up over time. So groceries go up over time. Housing prices go up over time. Everything you're buying, I'm holding a water bottle. That's going to cost me more over time. I'm recording right now on a Mac computer. The cost of this laptop is going to cost more over time. So what's a way to hedge against that? Let's think about that. What if you owned companies like Apple? What if you owned companies like who makes this water bottle? Cork Circle, they make this water bottle. What if you owned companies like that? Well, what's happening is you're participating in the gains of those companies when you're an owner. And that's what owning a stock is. You're owning, you have truly partial ownership in that company. So when Apple's going out and selling computers or Cork Circle's selling these water bottles, you're participating in the gains of those. So what better way to protect yourself against inflation than being an owner of the companies that are raising their prices? And so S&P 500 index, great inflation hedge. More than that, because you're invested in some of the companies that are really selling the most, doing the most awesome stuff. So when it comes to investing, the S&P 500 index, it's a great place to start. But if you invested from 2001 to 2011 in the S&P 500, you'd be very disappointed compared to a well-diversified portfolio. 
because the returns were not near as much as you would be expecting if you invested in the last 10 years. So what you want to understand is, are you investing for the short term, the medium term, or the long term? And likely, it's a balance. You probably have some short-term goals where you say, you know what, I want to get a home in the next three years. I want to be able to retire when I'm 55. And by retire, I just mean financially independent. I don't mean sit on the couch. And if that's what you want to do for the next 40 years when you're 55, credit to you. Do whatever it is that, that makes you happy. But what I'm important, what I care about is just accomplishing your goals. So how do we do that best? Well, that's the work I do for clients. So if any of you have any questions on how I construct portfolios, exactly how to invest for your goals, well, that's the work that I do. And so if, if you have any questions, like I said, more than happy to help. Or if you just have a specific question you want answered on an episode, happy to do that as well. So that's all on my website, personalfinanceredefined.co. And that's all for today's episode. I hope to hear from you all soon. And I'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Personal Finance Redefined podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know if there's anything in particular you would like me to discuss by submitting a question at personalfinanceredefined.co. That's personalfinanceredefined.co. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, quick disclaimer here. Please be smart about this, and before taking any action, consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It's for informational purposes only.